All right, here we go. This is another episode of Better. I am Dr. John Duffy. Julie Duffy, my normal co-host, is not with me today. So I have brought in a guy. And, and let me tell you about this guy before I introduce him. Um, I've known Paul for a dozen years. Yeah. And um, when I first decided to put a podcast together, and this is a couple of years ago, three years ago or so now, this is one of the first people I thought of that I wanted on this thing. And he is so on the go that it took up until now to get him in the room. So I am very excited to introduce Paul Valukas. Paul, welcome, man. Thanks for having me, Duffy. I really appreciate it. I've been, <laughs> I'm excited about this. It's been a long time coming, you know? Dude, you are, and I will say this uh, publicly for the first time, you are one of my favorite people, period, on earth. <laughs> you are one of the most spirited, upbeat individuals I have ever met. And that's the main reason I want you here. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. This is... Uh... It's exciting. I mean, I was driving in today, and it's just like, I, it was kind of like, I can't believe this is actually happening. Like, I left my house, and I was like, all right, I'm going to do a podcast. I was like, that doesn't, that doesn't sound right. Like, I, this, this can't actually be happening. So I'm, I'm stoked to be here. Um, I mean, obviously, I love the podcast, and we've known each other for more than, uh, you know, more than a decade. More so. than a decade, isn't that unbelievable? Oh, it makes me feel old. <laughs> <It makes laughs> you me and feel, me both, bro. It makes me feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so take it. Let's start. Let's go back in time. Okay. What was going on in your life a dozen years ago when you and I met? Uh, all right, so we met when I was probably sixteen years old. That's um, about right. Yeah, probably sixteen. Uh, oh, dude, you are old. I know, right? Man. Yeah, man, getting out there. <laughs> um, so we met when I was 16 as, you know, I would say I was a, I mean, what's a normal 16-year-old? I was, you know, like young and kind of stupid and didn't know where I was going. Um, you were energetic, though. I was ener- I had man, were you energetic. I had a lot of energy, but not really any focus. True. So it was kind of like a Tasmanian devil. Like, right. Or a bull in a china shop. I was like, oh, I want to do this or do this, do this. And it was like very little thought to anything I did. Um, like I remember you and I discussing at your old place, there was a like a space in between two buildings that was probably no more than four feet. And I think one of our first conversations was whether we thought we could jump that. <laughs> and like the space, I mean, it would like the risk, you know, if you missed would have been like a three-story drop. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, that would be cool. <laughs> like and why why would that be cool so because i could jump from building to building right but like that was our first conversation like hey duffy do you think you could jump that and you're like yeah and i was like all right this guy's cool i remember that well and yeah. uh oddly enough i think about that kind of thing frequently when i'm in buildings now, yeah. Yeah, now like, you jump that. could i get could i jump between like, these buildings i yeah, think i could i should warm up I should probably do that. <laughs> um so yeah that was when we first met and We've known each other, obviously, uh, more than a decade, and so between that, that time and now, um, we met, I would imagine, because my parents were getting ready to get divorced, and I had no idea, not a particularly perceptive person, um, and so we probably, that's probably why I was seeing you, and then kind of went from you helping me through my adolescence and getting through anxiety and, you know, fear of the unknown sort of stuff. And then becoming more of a mentor um, and helping me through transferring colleges and going to the University of Wisconsin and starting my career as a strength coach and getting through, you know, all of that and meeting my now long-term girlfriend. We've been together five years and helped me through that and becoming a better boyfriend and being more present and being a better friend and son and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you've 
you've been with, with me since, yeah, since I was just a young man, a young buck. So one cool thing is that, Paul, I think you have manifested most everything you intended to. Um, you know, the, 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 being in a relationship, I think that was a foreign concept to you when I, when I met you, you had been in one, yeah. but, uh, I think the idea of actually being in a good long-term relationship that worked, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I was, uh, I was pretty convinced that I was going to end up living in the woods, just skiing every day. Um, <laughs> and you're not joking. No, really, I, was, are you? I, was, I was like, yeah, I was like very much like, all right, well, like. You know, I'll go to college and do all that stuff, and then I'll just end up living in Wyoming and skiing. And, like, I was perfectly happy with that because yeah. I was convinced that I wasn't going to be good at relationships or find someone who would like me for me. And then, you know, of course, I meet Kaylin, and I'm, like, blown away. And, like, Duffy, this isn't going to work. Like, I'm not, no, no, this isn't going to happen. Like, she's not going to like me as soon as she finds out who I am. And then, you know, five years later... She's still with me, so. Yeah, it's a hard argument yeah. to hold on to <laughs> now. No, actually, you have been so thoughtful through every step of this relationship that it is no wonder that it works. Um, and that's that's part of what I mean is, like, you manifest what you want to have happen and you make it happen. That's why I've never doubted you for a minute. So you are now a strength coach, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You've, you've gone through a process here, right? Because when I met you, you were a high school football player. Yeah. I was a high school football player, and I was convinced um, that I was, you know, the next great thing. Yeah. Um, you know, no one could tell me that I wasn't going to go play football at Clemson or Alabama or any of those places. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, I was five foot nine and one hundred and sixty pounds, so you know, I could believe all the things I wanted to believe, but you know, like, you know, it just wasn't really in the cards for me, um, and. I wasn't a very good football player either, so that that also doesn't you know it doesn't bode well for that dream of playing in Alabama. So uh, yeah, you you met me when I was a high school football player, and then from there I went and played college lacrosse, and I kind of realized within my first year of playing lacrosse that I just liked being in the, in the weight room and training and everything that went along with playing the sport as opposed to actually playing the sport. Yeah, and. Um, went along this path where I became a personal trainer and then realized that I didn't really want to work with the general population that much and want to work with athletes. And so uh, interned with Wisconsin football, which was a great experience and was with them for a season and then was lucky enough to work with Wisconsin hockey um, and work with an incredible mentor named Jim Snyder. Um, after I worked with Snides, I went to grad school and were, uh, was at University of Denver and had another incredible experience working for arguably the best sport performance staff in the country with Matt Shaw and uh, his staff. And that was incredible. I mean, they, I, you know, you have moments in your life where you are with really, really, really good people. And that's what I had at Denver um, and also Wisconsin, but Denver really helped mold me into a more detailed person, someone who wanted to expect more out of my performance, not only the people I worked with. And so, you know, I can't, I can't speak highly enough about the people that have kind of helped me get to this point. And you're one of those people, obviously, because um, I don't think I'd be sitting at this table if it were not for us having our relationship for the past 12 years. That's, you know? that's very nice. And I um, listen, I've gotten a lot out of this relationship, too. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot. There was yeah. a time Paul's so into what he does that he brought in, what was the name of the strap you brought into the office? I brought a, a TRX suspension trainer. You'll see them in a lot of different gyms. They're the orange and black. Uh, 
yellow and black piece of equipment to hang off from the ceiling. And you literally put me through a workout. Mm-hmm. For, for <laughs> yeah, we were talking about it, and I was like, well, you know, just bring that in, you know. Right. I wanted to bring a 100-pound plate, but, you know, just very tough <laughs> transfer for stairs and stuff. Just a pain in the ass. So, so tell us, so, so now you've kind of fine-tuned your approach. We are on the cusp of this new year, right? right. So everybody is joining gyms mm-hmm. right now, right? Yeah. Um, and a month from now... Good money tells us that most of those people will never be back in a gym, right? The yeah. busiest time in the gym is going to be the first two weeks of the year. Never, they're never going to be back. Um, you know, culturally, we've got some kind of problem here, yeah. right? You know, mm-hmm. can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that um, needs to change if you know if the new year is when you want to start your training program and going towards the the goal of being fit or whatever it is, um, the first thing you have to ask yourself is, why am I doing this? And is there a tangible goal? Um, because when people say, well, I just want to lose weight, it's like, why? Keep asking yourself, why, why, why? Yep. Because if you just say, well, well I want to lose five pounds, what does that do? Well, it, it makes me lose five pounds. Who cares? It, you know, so what? And why are we obsessed with this number? Because if you lose five pounds, you still feel the same. Is that as? Is that the same as... Maybe staying the same weight, but feeling stronger and more confident, you know, having all of these benefits. So I, I try to shy away from the number goal and say, okay, let's find a more, like, let's find a, a reason, a solidified reason beyond the number. Is it something along the lines of, you know, um, how is it that you want to feel at the end yeah. of the day? How is it that you want to feel and what is the overall reason you're doing this, right? Yeah. So I want to lose weight. Why? Well, my kids are growing up and I want to spend more time with them. Why? Because I want to be around them when they're getting married and when they're having grandkids. Okay, there's a long-term goal. Right. Right? You're doing something because you have the long-term goal in mind rather than saying, well, I just want to lose five pounds. Because if that's the goal, as soon as you hit that point or don't hit that point, it's not a strong enough goal to keep you on track. There's one thing that you and I have talked about. Um, vanity has such a, a bad um, vibe culturally, yeah. and yet part of the reason that people want to lose weight, part of the reason people go to the gym, let's be honest, is to look better. Oh, 100%. Right? Anyone who says they don't, is, I'm sorry, is absolutely full of it. Like, you're, you're full of it. If, you, if you're like, no, like, I lift weights almost every day. Yeah. I'm always doing something. Um, and yes, I, I mean, I understand the science and I, I love, you know, I love my job and being in the gym and everything about it. But let's be honest, the reason I start doing that is because I wanted to look better. Right. I wanted to be stronger and look strong. No one wants to be like, yeah, I'm strong, but I don't look strong. Right. You know, like, you want to look good. And to your point, anybody who says that's not what part of what they want here is kidding themselves. Oh. And it's okay that that's part of the goal. Yeah. yeah. It is 100% okay to be like... Well, I like doing this because it makes me look good and I feel more confident in my body. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. It's fine to be, you know, like there's reasons there are mirrors in gyms. And I'm not saying you have to walk up to it and flex in it for 20 minutes and stare at your bicep, but like you're allowed to look at yourself and say, yeah, I look good today. Like, and, and I see a difference. Like what one thing you, you've kind of taught me. When I'm um, at a log jam, when I'm not sure where to go with a client that's sitting mm-hmm. across from me, right. and they're new, I usually start with, okay, what can we do physically? 
Mm-hmm. You know, how can you, what can we do to move, especially if you're not moving, right. that will make you feel better about yourself and recognize that you have agency over your life. 100%. Right? Yeah. And you can actually see that, right? You can look in the mirror in the gym and say, okay, I look different than I did a week ago. Yeah. You know, so I can probably change jobs or I can probably mm-hmm. be different with my kids or my parents or whatever it is right. you need to be. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, you know, I, so the reason I got into being a strength coach and my, when I was younger, I was not a particularly strong guy. I was not a particularly big guy. And so being in the weight room gave me, this is what we were talking about, like the ability to change my circumstances, right? Yep. Like I got bullied a lot as a, as a younger kid. I spent a lot of time in the hospital. And so being able to say, no, I'm not, I'm going to make the change physically to, to stop that, not to fight back or to, you know, anything like that, but just to say like, no, this is, we're done here. Yep. This is, I'm no longer spending my, my adolescence in a hospital or being on a first name basis with a doctor. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the weight room or even just any sort of training, whether that be trail running, walking, taking your dog, like whatever it is, like that gives you a chance to make a change and to see a change and to have agency over one small part of your life that can go anywhere else, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you look, you walk into a weight room and it's your first time, you say, well, there's no way I can lift the 10-pound dumbbells. Well, you stay in there for two, three weeks, that, that goal's checked off. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's 15, what, two, three more weeks, boom, that's checked off. And so you can see that progress and say, you know what, here's the goal. I can say I, I'll never do it, and then, but if I put my mind to it, that's, it's going to happen, you know. Yes, and if somebody enlists with someone like you, with somebody who actually is trained in the physiology and um, and can fire somebody up, does it make a huge difference in whether they stick to it or not? Hundred yeah. percent, I mean, like, you know, if we walked into a gym right now and you you lined up ten personal trainers and ten strength coaches and you know ten exercise gurus, whatever you want to call it, like, you know, everyone's going to give you the same pitch. Yeah. Right. But. The people who are looking for, who are going to say, well, it takes six weeks and you'll be, look like me. It's like, no, no, this is not a quick fix. Right. We're not, I'm not going to sell you on the six-week program because that's not what life is. Your life is not a six-week block. Right. Right? It's a long-term goal. And if you're 30, your goals at 30 should be different than what they are at 40 and 40 and 50 and 50 and 60. And that's fine. So if I say, well, it's six weeks and then you're done give me your money, like, see you later, what happens after those six weeks? Right. You're going to come back and give me more money and I'll give you the same program? Like, no, <laughs> right, it doesn't, right. like, this it's is progressive. A, it's, it's progressive. It's supposed to be, yeah. It's supposed to build on each other and you're supposed to be able, you know, and, you know, having a someone who's there to help you out and fire you up when you're not feeling it or there to motivate you even further, like, that's a huge deal. Yeah. You know, like, and having a person you have a personal relationship with and saying, okay, you know, coming in and saying, well, you know, I'm not feeling good today, or I am feeling good today, or so-and-so's in this mood, so I'm in a mood, and can you help me out? Like, this is all part of the process. And so, you know, yeah, you it absolutely makes a huge difference. Right. Um, having that person that can fire you up to get you there, but also understands what you're doing and not just, like, throwing noodles at a wall hoping something sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, and just saying, well, this is what I saw on the internet. This looked cool, so I'm going to make you do that. Well, you've yeah. talked to me in specifically, I've actually consulted with you right. about some clients of mine because I, I remember describing a, um, a female high school athlete, 
Yeah. And I said, she keeps getting injured. She's a runner. Mm -hmm. And you described her physically to me um, accurately without having seen her. Yeah. Because you you knew what was, why people get injured. Mm -hmm. You mind speaking to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, So we were talking about an athlete of yours who... um, she kept having knee and back yeah, issues, right? Exactly. And um, wasn't doing a lot of weight training, wasn't doing anything in the weight room, was just playing her sport. Yep. Over and over and over. And there's there's nothing wrong with playing her sport, obviously. That's you know the That's the reason, right? That's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, we look at all athletes, you know, across the board and we can't just focus on our sport. Um, because it just it drives motor patterns that are not always beneficial to us as humans. Right. Right. So, for example, hockey players, like I've worked a lot with hockey players, the motion of skating is not the way we walk. And so it's great for hockey players to play hockey, but after a certain amount of time, you have to get them out of their skates. You have to get them off the ice because otherwise you're driving a, a motor pattern that's going to hurt them or is already hurting them. So... Um, for this athlete, I remember talking to you and saying, chances are uh, she's arching her back when she's running because of her sport. Um, she's got back issues um, because she keeps driving this motor pattern that someone has said, this is how you do it. Right. Um, and, you know, it's like, okay, well, her back hurts, so we give her a rest day, and then she goes back to that same motor pattern, right? Yep. Well, what's that rest day doing? Because we're just giving her a chance to recover slightly, but then going right back to the problem. You know, so it's like the same thing with youth athletes who play a ton of baseball, right? We we want these you know twelve year old kids who want to be D one pitchers. Well, they got to get really good at throwing. Well, they're throwing all of these pitches, and their arm cannot sustain that amount of stress. Right. And so we can rest them, you know, for two days, and then they go back to doing the same thing over and over. Well, we've already just kind of shot their shoulder out. That thing is gone. And, and we all know stories of kids like this, right? 100%. Who uh, by 14, they have all this promise, and by 14 yeah. or 15, they're they're worn out. They're worn out. Yep. It's, or they, they need surgery, like a yeah. shoulder surgery, a Tommy John's or something, right? There's, I mean, there's, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but there's a the huge rise in youth kid, youth athletes getting Tommy John's surgery. Yeah. You know, it's like these kids are 14 years old and already going under the knife? It's crazy. What are we doing? No, you right, know, right, like, right. What, like, what? Yes, this this stuff drives you nuts, right? Oh. When, when we don't train people in a weight room who are going to be athletes, this mm-hmm. makes you crazy. Oh, it drives, it, you know, um, it, it really is, it's a passion of mine um, because, so when I was at DU um, and Wisconsin, actually my whole time in college athletics, Athletes come in with injuries, and one of the things that we kept seeing were female athletes in particular would come in with, you know, they've already, they would already have an ACL reconstruction. Mm. And to me, that's not okay. Um, and it wasn't okay, obviously, for the rest of the staff. Preventable. Uh, preventable. Yeah. And, and so it was like, okay, what, what can we, like, why does this keep happening? And what, you know, what I'm thinking is, like, you have these athletes who, okay, well, I want to play lacrosse, I want to play soccer, I want to play hockey, whatever it is, and they, they get ready, That's a spring, you know, say it's a spring sport, and they spend all, sum, all summer and all winter just kind of sitting around, ready to play another sport, but they don't actually get stronger. They just stay right where they're at. And then maybe if they're sitting down, they suddenly go from zero to 100. Now they're playing their sport, and their body is like, well, what am I doing, right? Yep. And if they're in, already doing bad motor patterns, well, now it's like, okay, how do I stop myself 
in a not great motor pattern. You know, it's like using, it's like if you're driving a car and you installed the brakes and you're like, well, I just grabbed the first set of brakes I could. Eh, these might work. You know, yeah. these, these could work. I'm driving a truck and I have, you know, Prius brakes on it. Let's see, <laughs> let's see what happens. You know, so like you have these, especially like female athletes, like they're, their coaches are, oh, we got to run, we got to run, we got to cut, we got to be faster. And it's like, you know who the fastest people on the planet are? Really, really, like, strong people are generally fast. Right. And I'm not talking, like, powerlifters, guys who are 400 pounds who no. just squat. But, like, sprinters are fast. And they're also very, very, very strong. And and t- th- this is your mantra, right? An yeah. athlete needs to be strong regardless of the sport. A tennis player needs to be strong. Oh, 100%. I, like... I put it on, like, my boss at DU called me into his office before I started with the DU tennis team, and he said, I want you to get these athletes as strong as humanly possible. And I, I took that as, okay, I'm going to do everything I can. And now I... Yeah, you like a challenge team. like that, 100%, don't you? 100%, because everyone was like, oh, they're tennis players. That was, the, that was the thing. Oh, they're tennis players. Well, who cares if they're tennis players? If, if, who cares if they're tennis players or football players or hockey players or lacrosse players? Get them strong. Yeah. They don't have to be 250 pounds. Right. They don't have to. It's not a contact sport. But there's never been ever in the history of sports a time when someone's like, you know what? You should probably be weaker. <laughs> you, should, you know what makes you better? You need to be, like, not as strong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stay out of the gym. Yes. Get out of the gym. Yeah. Don't don't get stronger. It, there's no benefit to it. Like, right. Get them strong. In whatever capacity they can be strong, get them strong. And so if it's a youth athlete... You don't have to get them back squatting. They don't have to be 500-pound back squatters, but teach them how to move their body in space, teach them how to decelerate, teach them how to move a little bit under load, even if it's a five-pound plate, because as they build those motor patterns and they get stronger and bigger, then we're building good motor pattern, or then we're putting strength on top of a solid motor pattern, on on top of a solid foundation. If they can't move, and then we put them under load. Now we're just building bad patterns on top of a very bad foundation. All right. So this is the kind of thing that I love to hear you talk about. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating because I think a lot of us will get a book on working out or we'll right. go to the gym. We'll do some workout classes, kind of this pack class. That, that yeah. Then there's people who are way overweight. There's really skinny people. There's mm-hmm. people who are 50 and people who are 22 all doing the same thing. Um, I'm guessing you're not a big fan, and I'm thinking of this one conversation we had about um, hockey players. And you were talking yeah. about what um, the squat that a hockey player has to do versus the squat that maybe a basketball player has to do, and how that's a different squat. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. So, um, you know, historically, you, you hear people always, I don't know, people. Uh, your exercise experts, right, say, well, you have to do this movement at this range of motion because this. And I'm, my opinion is, screw that. <laughs> what you can do in a weight room, uh, Duff, is different than what I can do. Right. And so for me to say, well, I can do this, you should do this, is silly. Right. Right? So our conversation with hockey players and basketball players was hockey players, right, they spend their entire career on skates, their hips are generally an area where they get injured quite a bit. And so we obviously have to get their legs stronger through a squat and a deadlift, but why would I force them into a range of motion? Like people always say, well, you have to get parallel to the ground. What does that mean, one? And two, why? They're athletes. Where do they spend the most time? Well, in their skating depth. 
So when they're squatting, why would you not put them in the position that they're strongest? So we would tell our athletes at DU, and this was this was coming from the top down um, with the head guy, the director of sport performance there, and he he kind of drove this, and it was a, a, it had amazing results. Was squat to your skating depth, right? Whatever that is. If you're a really low skater, get to that point. If you're a really high skater, that's fine. Get to that point. And what it, what we're doing there is we are driving the strength adaptation within the position that they're strongest. So if you say, well, why aren't they squatting? you know, ass to grass, so to speak, like powerlifters. Well, they're not powerlifters. That's right. not their sport. They shouldn't do that. Plus, these guys have different, their hips are positioned differently. We have no idea what the depth of their hip capsule is. So why am I driving this position under load and saying, well, this is the what the best squat is, right? By whose standards? Right, right, right. You know, if, if the squat to their skating depth, gets the best adaptation for their sport, then that's the best depth. And with basketball players, same thing. You take a six foot eight guy and say, hey, go down to 90 degrees, that athlete is suddenly experiencing so much more work than your five foot <laughs> 10 guy or your five foot five guy, because he has to move two more feet. Right. Right, he's got a super long levers and we're gonna force him down to a range of motion and say, well, stand back up. When is a basketball player ever going to be that low in a game? Get him down to the position that he's going to see. Or get him down to the position where he's putting stress in the right areas and not messing himself up. You know? Yes. Yes. So this is the stuff that um, a professional is going to show you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And... Uh, I know that you work with elite athletes, and that's that's your goal, right? Yeah. And that's what that's what you want to do for the rest of your life, as far as I can tell. <laughs> um, but if you got somebody who's starting off, somebody who's like you know January second, they're gonna hit the gym. Yeah. Any any advice for that person? Yeah. Um, Given so my, what we're talking about, yeah. So my advice to that person is one: trust the process, right? Don't expect to be you know looking like Chris Hemsworth from the Avengers and Thor right away, right? And take, take the movements you want to do and make them, you know, fit them to you. Don't fit yourself to a program. Fit the program to you. So, for example, if you want to get, re- you want to get your chest bigger, right? You want, to, you want to get stronger in your upper body, but you really you don't know how to do a barbell bench press. Well, then you can learn how to do that. That's fine. But don't put yourself in a position where you're going to hurt yourself or fail or injure yourself. Start basic. Do a push-up. Do dumbbell bench press. Something that's easier and learn that motor pattern. Get stronger there and say, okay, now I've built this base. Right? Don't jump right into doing the hardest thing first. Right? Everyone wants to say, well, it's back squat. That gets you really strong. Yeah, if you know how to back squat. Yeah. Learn how to squat first, body weight, then kettlebell. Then there's 50 progressions that you can do before you even touch a back squat. And if you take that time to do it, one, you're going to see greater results because you're going to be putting stress in the right areas. You're going to be getting stronger in this motor pattern. So you're going to be get, become an expert at that. Yep. Two, you're going to have this long-term goal of saying, okay, well, back squatting is the goal, and I can take these progressions for months, for weeks and months on top of each other to get better at this goal as opposed to saying, I want to back squat. Cool. I back squatted. I'm done. Right, they're right. New Year's resolution, check it off the, you know. Give yourself, like, you have a year, get really good at the movement. Take the time to learn it because 
then you actually have the ability to, you know, progress your exercise and get stronger and not say after a year, well, yeah, I, I was, I was January 2nd. I was really excited. And then I hurt my back. Yep. Well, why'd you hurt your back? Well, I jumped right into the, the hardest thing I could think to do back squatting. Have you ever back squatted? No. <laughs> then why would you do that? It's like saying, well, I, you know, I got my learner's permit in driving and I just decided to become a NASCAR racer. <laughs> You know, never did it before, just decided that's what I would Hit the track. Hit the See track. how it goes. You know, me and Jeff Gordon, <laughs> we're going for it. So, like, you know, learn learn to drive before you 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 buy the race car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Learn to do a movement before, you know, before you start just picking the hardest thing and going for it. And this is, this is part of your thing to me, is um, don't, don't bite it all off at one time and recognize this is a process and... This is a lifestyle thing, right? Yeah. Like going to the gym shouldn't be like a short-term situation. This should mm-hmm. be like this is something I plan to do from now on. Yeah, yeah, from now on. And like, it doesn't even have to be the gym. You know, something, anything active. Like I, I, I like the gym. I like being in training facilities. I like doing all the, the strength work. I mean, that's that's where I enjoy, being. Same time, I also love skiing. So if I didn't enjoy the weight room, I would still make sure I was doing something active. Yep, so yep. If you don't like to lift weights and you want to run or you want to play ultimate frisbee or any of those things, do that. You know, but again, don't jump to the hardest thing first, right? Yep. Don't say uh, you know, I, I want to start running. Okay. You know, here it is, marathon within the first 2 weeks. Let's do this thing. Start maybe just to see how your body does walking with a little bit of jogging then it's a little bit of jogging with a little bit of walking then it's jogging all together then it's jogging with a little bit of running then it's running with a little bit of jogging then it's running because we're building up the ability to tolerate stress but if we go right into the hardest thing first this final progression by january 4th your back's gonna hurt your feet's gonna your feet are gonna hurt you're gonna feel kind of defeated because you're you feel so sore that you can't handle it and then there goes the goal so the progression, in large part, is to avoid injury yeah. and also to keep to avoid heartbreak, right? You yeah, know, that, like, that idea, like this isn't going to work. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like you got to have these these attainable goals that are just slightly outside yeah. of your you know your reach, not so far out of your reach that it's just like it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, right. But at the same time, flip that. You also can't just be like, well. You know, I'm, I've been running. I've been I'm pretty good. I'm in pretty good shape. Uh, I run two miles a day. My goal for the new year is to run two miles a day. It's like you already do that. Yep. You know, you have to, like, if you want an adaptation, you have to push yourself to that limit. Yep. Now, I'm not saying you have to, like, drown yourself and be like, well, you know, I'm going to train myself like a Navy SEAL. You don't have to do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Um, but, like, there has to, like, if you're doing a goblet squat, you're doing the progression, and it's it's feeling really really easy. Well, then put the weight down and go heavier. Don't count that set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If if that one feels easy, go up, or add some reps. Do, like push yourself to the point where you're like, okay, that now it's a little bit harder. And when you can do that, you're gonna start to see your goals kind of just fall. They're gonna just be easily attained. And somehow working with you, I, I you've talk, told me that you would see like a team in the weight room and you can recognize, oh no, you can do more. Like, you know, you, so, so sometimes we don't know when, when to press ourselves a little bit more. And you as an expert, you get a read on that, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, there's 
and it's there's you don't have to be you know you don't have to be an expert to see it but it's like for me it, you know working with different teams you'd watch someone move a weight and it would say okay uh, whatever the percentage was say it's 85 percent so that's got to be a really hard movement um and you'd watch them and they just kind of you know smoke the movement and look really easy and you're like okay go up and they'd be like but my sheet says this and it's like no no you know Skip the sheet. Yeah, the sheet is a guideline, but yeah. if you are off the sheet, you're going up. You know, and so you're working with general population clients and, and they're doing squats. It says body weight squats, and they're just it looked like they're not even engaged in the movement because it's easy. It's like, okay, add a weight. But the sheet says body weight. Not anymore. You've already got that. You know? <laughs> right. Well, I'm doing a 20-second plank. Well, that was easy. Cool. Well, you're gonna do it again. Now you're going 30 seconds, but that seems harder. Yeah, it should. Like if you're if you're able to do a 20 second plank and you do that for whatever how many sets you're doing and that doesn't by the end of the set you you're you're thinking about what's for dinner you're not even thinking about the movement then go up add some you know you don't want to keep doing the same yeah, workout over and over and over again exactly because if you want to get stronger you want to change you know your body adapts to the stress you put on it after it's adapted to that stress you have to add stress in some manner for yeah. it to continue to adapt yep. right? like you know do 10 bodyweight squats right now. You do those 10, and you do 10 tomorrow, and then 10 the next day. By the third day, your body's like, all right, I can do that. That's easy. Whatever. Okay, you, and then you can step that up. Yeah, then we step that up. And so you just keep progressing whatever that stressor is. Now, it doesn't have to be every single one. You don't have to suddenly go 10 bodyweight squats to 100 bodyweight squats with, you know, your neighbor on your back and someone kicking you in the shins. That doesn't have to be the progression, but, like, one slight change is going to keep driving that adaptation yeah so that's you know just continuously pushing yourself just ever so slightly is really what we want i love that you know? i love that all right i'm going to turn the page on you a little bit okay Hit me with so that. since since i've met you you have been a guy so we are in, in an increasingly sedentary society i would argue right we've got yes. screens we've got all sorts of things distracting us we've worked too much mm-hmm. um and for 12 years you have been this guy who is Kind of, you're great at firing up. You're great at firing me up. I get excited to talk to you. Every week we talk, and yeah. it's, it's, it's awesome. And um, and I know that you're great at firing up teams, um, and even teams that would you wouldn't expect to be in for the weight room. Right. A tennis team, right? Mm-hmm. A college tennis team. You'd think, like, those guys want to be on the court the whole time. Yeah. And somehow you can fire these guys up enough, or, and these girls up enough, yeah. to the point where they're like, yeah, let's keep going. Let's, let's push go. hard. Yeah. Let's, do, let's go. Let's do it. And you also have this thing of, like, you are a let's-go guy. You're like, you know, hey, let's ski today. We have a day off. Let's yeah. take the dogs out. Let's run. Let's let's move, you know? Yeah. Um, where does that come from in you? Is this is this a, one of your parents like this, or is this something you've always <laughs> been like? Uh, uh, well, both my parents are kind of like that. Um, my dad is like that to a fault, actually. He's 75 or 76 now, and he, he almost – he might move too much. Um, he – He'll call me and say, oh, yeah, I did 12 training sessions this week. I'm like, you need to stop. <laughs> like, he is something else. He's something else. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I I find myself, you know, you, you if you could see me right now, like I, I, count, I keep moving back and forth. I shift left and right. I'm always moving my hands. So if I can move and put myself in a position where I have to focus on some sort of movement or challenge physically, I tend to dial into that. Yeah. Um, and when I was younger, that helped me not be so anxious because I just wanted to move. And I found if I sat down, I would just like, I'd cycle through bad thoughts. Right? 
if my hands weren't moving, then it would it would go to you know negative thoughts or whatever it was. And so that that kind of drove me to always want to do things. And I found that when I was doing whatever it was, skiing, rock climbing, jujitsu, running around, I mean anything. It could literally be anything. Just walking with your friends. You, my, I started to focus on something else, and yep. I was moving, and I would I would go to bed that night, and I would be tired, and I would fall asleep, so I wouldn't have this constant running of thoughts through my mind. Is is there a better treatment for anxiety than movement? Do you think? For me, no. I I would say it's a hundred percent the one of the best things you can do. Um, yeah. Because you know you're you're getting your body wants to move, right? We, I would say, I would argue that we want to move, right? We want to do things. We want to, even if it's just walking, taking the stairs, it, it feels better. I want to isolate that for a second. Your body wants to move, man. Yeah. This is, this is um, we cannot overstate that enough, can we? Like no. your body wants to move and a lot of our bodies don't move hardly ever. Mm-hmm. And so that anxiety just builds up. And I think movement is a great way to just disperse it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, you know, and we have this. It feels good. It feels good to feel, sweat and feels move. Good to yes. sweat. And it, like, I want to get rid of the idea that exercise is punishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Talk about that, man. You know, like, why? Why does it have to be punishment? I mean, like, why is it that we, you know, oh, I, I had, you know, we just finished the holidays, right? So, I had cookies and I had all these delicious <laughs> meals. Oh, gotta hit the gym. You know, there's my punishment. Screw that. You had cookies and you had delicious food. Period. Space, 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 space. Let's go to the gym. Two separate thoughts. <laughs> Two right. completely separate thoughts. I had pie for breakfast yesterday. And I had muffins for a snack. And <laughs> if I wanted, you know, candy, I was going to eat it. And, you know, I was also going to work out. And I was going to, you know, I was going to move. But the two were not, like, I didn't say I did A, so I have to do B. Right. I did B because I wanted to, and I did A because I wanted to have a piece of pie. And there was no punishment there. And, and it, right, it doesn't have to be, right? You, yeah. you, you, want, you want to unlink those. That's a yeah. really huge point, right? Because yeah. there is an element of shame affiliated with, like, not being in great shape. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, I got to go and I got to do this because I'm embarrassed of myself. Yeah. And that's not the best motivator. The no. best motivator is like, this feels good. So I'm going to feel strong. I'm going to feel more mm-hmm. energy, not less, right? Yeah. You don't, you gain energy by going to the gym, really. hundred percent. You yeah. gain energy and it's, you know, I, people are like, I have some friends who I'm 26 years old and I would say at 26, I, I hope I'm, I was stronger than I was at 18 and I'm definitely stronger than I was at 16 and I would like to be stronger at 32 than I am at 26 right now. And Paul's understating this. The dude's ripped. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to tell you guys, because this is a podcast, the guy is in great shape. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so I'm 26, and so, I, I, you know, I've noticed that I have friends and people I care about that, you know, they they go, it seems that there is a, an over, you know, an overarching theme within society that from 19 to 30, you just focus on your career and you become very sedentary. You say, oh, I'm strong. I'm a strong high school athlete. I was good. I played college sports. Yeah, I was, I was in shape. I was in shape. Ooh, you but got yeah, something here. Yeah. My uh, back hurts now. So? So what? Your back hurts. And that's that's not to take anything away from the pain that you're experiencing, but, like, 
the that block of time, that 11 years, if you're sitting down doing nothing, going to the bar, drinking a beer and saying, well, it's, it's happy hours, Thursday, it's happy hours, time to just have a beer because I've had a long day. That's, again, totally fine. But, like, why are we putting this 11 years, like, people are, like, just jumping into this and saying, well, you know, this is when I, I don't have to work out. I don't. And then they, at 32, they say, wow, I'm out of shape. Time to start working out. Time to get in shape. Why do we take that 11-year break? I never thought yeah. about this, honestly, Why, yeah. ever in my life. But you're right. You're right. Like after, So a lot of people are a lot of people are really good athletes in high school in the best yeah. shape of their lives, right? And then somehow they let that drop off. It, and there's no good reason for there's it. There's no good reason. Why? And why is the excuse, I was a good high school athlete? I was in such good shape in high school. The defining characteristic of your health process. Right. Yes, you were a great athlete in high school. Oh, I could eat anything. Okay, you could eat anything. Great. Now what? Yeah. Well, you're I, not in high school I, now, yeah, and you're I, 28 I, years old or whatever. Yeah, I, you know, I stopped working out because just, you know, I didn't have time. Mm, gonna poke a hole in that one. You didn't have time, or you chose not to make time. And that again, everyone's got their different lifestyle choices. And if you actually are so busy that you can't go to the gym or do anything, then that is again your own prerogative. And, that you're doing other things well but if we spend 30 minutes on you know on our phone 30 minutes on facebook 30 minutes or an hour watching shows and then we you know we got to spend a couple minutes sitting on the couch and hanging out and doing all this it's like there's what three hours of your day yeah you couldn't find 30 minutes you can yeah. find 20 minutes? On analysis, you're right. You know, all of us have that time, right? We all really do. We all really do. And, and, I, and I get getting stuck in a rut and saying, well, I just don't want to go to the gym today. I'm tired. And I understand that. But I also don't see it as a 10-year excuse. Yeah. You know? I want to lose weight, but, you know, got to have this beer, got to have this bourbon, got to have this blah, 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 because it's Thursday. So what if it's Thursday? Well, it's happy hour. So it happens every week. Yeah, man. I mean, to hear you talk about this, it almost sounds like you're saying be thoughtful and mindful about your body. Yeah. Because your body is what's going to carry you. Otherwise, you will be unhealthy going through your life after yeah. high school. Yeah, <laughs> right? Like, and there's an awful lot of life, hopefully, to live after high school. There's a lot of life, and there's so much that we can do. And, like, I, I get – I think we, you know, I've talked about this, like – the idea that, I mean, if it, I, I was really in, I was really in shape in high school, and then, well, now it's, you know, now we're wearing a job, and then we just retire, and then that's it. There's so much more in the world to do. There's yeah. traveling, there's hiking, there's skiing, there's fishing, there's hunting, there's, I mean, all of these physical activities that you can do, and I, you know, you, you can run marathons. I would never, but that's just personally me. I don't want to run 26 miles. Oh, your, your uh, preferences are not vague. You, yeah. you mentioned hiking, skiing, shooting. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, uh, you are an outdoor guy. You yeah. want to be out there. But it's like there's so much, and that's just the things I like to do, and there's so much more, right? You can surf. You can swim. You can sail. I mean, there's look at the world. There's so many activities you can do, so why would you not want to put yourself in the best position to do those activities, yeah. right? Like. I would hope that at 40, I would have the physical strength and capacity to say, I want to take up surfing. I want to try that out. Yeah. And it, you don't have to be this, you know, everyone puts this, there seems to be this idea that the people who at 40 can pick up these new hobbies are somehow 
they're just better. They're oh, they're so they're just genetically gifted. Oh, they're so they're so strong. Yeah, you, something you, fundamentally that, different that about them from different. birth. Yeah, probably not. Right. He probably just stayed in shape, or she probably just stayed in shape. So they have the capacity to go do that task without absolutely crushing themselves. Yeah. And so that's very possible for I'd say anybody. Yep. I mean, and everyone's got their different motivations and everyone's got their different goals. But to me, the, you know, there's so much more life to be lived after 26, after 18, after 20, whatever it is. So why are we stopping? Yeah. You know, why are we saying... Okay, from 18 to 20 or up until 20 years old, that's when we're in shape. And then we do this little lull, and then we try to get slightly back into shape, but we're going to keep talking about how much, how in shape we were back then. It's a really good point. Why can't we just say, well, I'm, I'm strong, way stronger now than I was at 18, way stronger now than I was at 20. But at 32, I could be able to kick my 26-year-old ass. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to be like, man, I was... I was really strong at 26. I shouldn't have stopped for 10 years. Like, no, I, like, I want to keep going. And, you know, maybe it's not, man, I was so much stronger in the weight room. It's maybe it's, I'm way, I got way better cardiovascular health or whatever it is. There's, you know, different types of strength. Yeah. I'm, you know, 26, I can't run a marathon. Whew, not at all. But maybe at 36, I'm like, yeah, maybe this is the time. Now I'm trying, I'm going to try this out. That would be a, you know, that'd be a switch. Yep. I'd be able to say, yeah, I'm, I'm better at 36 in some ways than I was at 26. Yeah. Just like we grow as people in relationships and through friendships and, you know, through our work, why can't we physically do that and, and look back and say, yeah, I can reflect on that and say, I've, I've done better. I am better. I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've improved myself in some way, shape, or form. Right. You know? No, I love that. And and that that reflects who you are um, beautifully. I love I love everything about it. And I like the idea of, like, not giving up on yourself. And there's a lot of life to live off the couch. You know, that's one, yeah. one thing I, I, I remember you talking about having friends over or something like that. And everyone wanted to hang out. Like, let's just hang out and sit here. Yeah. And you were like, but there's mountains. There's mountains. <laughs> we can climb. We can ski. We, we, can, yeah. we can run. We can do anything out there. Yeah. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. There are days when I, like, and, you know, I'm sure my friends and my girlfriend can't test this. There are days I'm absolutely, like, I'll sit on the couch and just kind of stare. And, like, so... You know, we all need those Yeah, days. we all need those yeah. days. So, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if the opportunity presents itself to do something, anything, just jump at it, you know? Like, do it. Um, like, I've noticed, like, I'll, you know, everyone has their phone, right? And you go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, you go on all these things, and there's all these pictures of people doing stuff. Yeah. And I'll find myself... I live in Denver, so it's not that hard for me to get to the mountains, where a lot of those photos are taken. Right, all those outdoor photos of so and so, like, oh, look at these beautiful mountains. Like, I'm right there. I'm yeah. there. And I'm like, looking, I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. And I'll put my phone down. I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> I'm right there. Like, I'm not that far away from that. Like, it's a half hour drive. Know, it's a half hour drive. I can do that. So, like, when we when we look at like, it's like living through these screens. We keep, oh man, that looks way more fun than what I'm doing. Well, then get off your phone and go do it. You I know? love that. Like, and I. Again, I understand, like, if you live in Chicago and you're paying rent and you're paying for all the life expenses that you have, you probably can't hop on a plane and go to Denver or Vail or Aspen. But, like, do something. But there's a gym. There's a lakefront. There's, there's a, a lakefront. Right? There's, I mean, Chicago is beautiful in its own right. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, I wish, man, I wish I could go do that. Well, then go do something close to it. Yeah. You know, take the time. Like, uh, my girlfriend and I walked 
uh, from my mom's house to Michigan Avenue around the city. And I'm not a huge city guy, but just being able to walk up and down and spend time looking around, I was like, oh, this is a beautiful place. This yeah. Is, you know, it's the architecture is beautiful. The, the river walk is improving. There's a lot of trash in the river, but it seems like they're trying to get it better. <laughs> and so being able to say, like, oh, that's really beautiful. And you know what? Like, I'm enjoying, it was uh, two days ago, it was sunny out in Chicago. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. This is great. Um, yeah. Who saw that coming? Yeah, who saw this coming? Right. So, you know, it's it's December 26th, and it's it's sunny out in Chicago. Enjoy that. Yeah. It's beautiful. And so, you know, not looking at my screen and saying, man, I wish I was skiing. Yeah, of course I wish I was skiing. But there's still really great things to do here. There's always something to do. You know, there's do. always something to do. And yeah. you, it doesn't matter where you are. You can find something to do. Rather than saying, I wish I was doing this. Well, then go do something like that. You know, man, I wish I could rock climb. Well, then I rock climb the gym all over the country. Man, I like, you know, this this person looks like they're do, having a lot of fun sitting in their hammock in the mountains. Well, then go buy a hammock and go, like, <laughs> go find, go sit in the woods. Like, yeah. you know, like don't live just to get the Instagram likes. Go do these things to have the experience. Like, and again, I have moments where I, you know, stare at my phone and just kind of scroll up and down like anyone does. But I really, really try to make sure that I'm experiencing life outside of the screen as opposed to just being right there with it. The image, one image I carry of you is you described this one day, I think you were in Jackson Hole Mm -hmm. and um, you were skiing alone. Yeah. And, um, And that sounds like the most amazing experience to me. Yeah, because you're like really taking in nature, and you're and I you are a you are no novice skier, right? So you are <laughs> yeah. you are taking jumps, and you are you're going you're you're on black diamonds and stuff, right? Yeah. And um and and that that image carries with me because that that says this guy who could have chosen to just scroll through Instagram and look at mm-hmm. people skiing in Jackson Hole while in Jackson Hole. Yeah, you decided I'm going out there, man. I'm do it. Uh, um, I got nothing else I have to do. I'm going. I'm going, and it's you know. It, that's like that. I mean, that's one of my happy places. So, I mean, again, it, wherever you wherever you find that spot, that's you know that's where you should go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you you think about those experiences far more than what photo you had the most likes on. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, most of the experiences I have, and you know, I'm by no means like a professional athlete where I'm traveling to all these great places, but like, just experience that. You know, I don't need to, it, it, you don't need to say, well, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at all the great things I'm doing. Yeah. Just That's experiencing that. You yeah. know, just, if you go skiing, yeah, take a photo with your family and your loved ones. That's great. But just enjoy skiing. Be present with the people you're with. And again, that's not something that I'm perfect at. I always have moments where I have to be reminded by my girlfriend to be present. And I always appreciate her saying that because it's, it's so important to just be present in the things you are doing. Yeah. Because it's really easy to get caught up with, well, I've got these work emails. I've got these, uh, I have to see what everyone else is doing and see what's going on. But why? What is the purpose of it? And work emails, sure, that's important. Get those done. But There's not much going on, right? You can usually find, you can make your own thing happen. You know, absolutely. And like, I'll notice like, I mean, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, they all have that story feature, right? You see what people are doing. How many times do you just start scrolling through that and just hitting the button and saying, well, what's so-and-so doing? Hey, how do you know that person? I don't know. I went to high school. What are they doing now? I don't know. I'm just looking at it. It's like, why are you doing that? 
When was the last time you talked to that person? I don't know, two years ago. Well, then stop looking at what they're doing. Who right. cares? Make your own story. Make your own story. Yeah. Go do something. You know, oh, man, so-and-so is surfing. All right. Do you want to surf? No. Then why are you sad about it? Yeah. I don't know. They're doing it, so I'm not doing it. Like, well, go do something else. Go do something. You know, like, go make the effort to have an experience outside of, you know, what you're seeing on your phone. Yeah, that three-by-four-inch screen. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. So that, guys, is the wisdom and vibe of Paul Velucas, and I'm just excited that I got to be the guy to do the first interview with this guy because Paul is going to be well-known in his field in a very short period of time. And I, and I mean this with all sincerity. This is the first of many podcasts we'll do together, mm-hmm. but you're going to be out there. But for now, you are working in Golden, Colorado, yep. right? Yeah. Um, do you want to do you want to just plug the name of the gym, just yeah. uh, just um, in case anyone's in the area? Absolutely. So it's it's right outside of Golden. It's a, a facility called Ethos Colorado. It's in actually technically I think Wheat Ridge, um, and so we it's a facility where we train the general population. We have uh, an athlete program that trains professional athletes, high school athletes, youth athletes, and then your tactical athletes. Um, so your special forces and military guys. Um, I'm part of, I think we have a staff of five people. Um, started, I think Ethos has been around for five years, I believe, but before it was called Rogue. Um, it's a great place to train. It's a much more holistic view of exercise. So there's a discussion of stress management, sleep, nutrition. Um, and we're trying to, we're not just trying to get you better at doing something in the gym, but to help you achieve your goals outside of the gym, whatever that might be. So, um, yeah, if you're in the area, by all means, stop by. We're right off 70, um, heading towards Golden, right outside of Denver. That is Paul Velucas, guys. Um, honestly, one of the interviews I've been most excited about. You do not disappoint, man. You have one of the best vibes I know, and you are one of the smartest guys, especially in terms of exercise physiology, I've ever spoken to, period. I appreciate that, Duffy. It was an absolute pleasure to be here. I, I mean, I've been looking forward to this for three years now, so I'm so glad to be sitting in this chair, and I look forward to all the other uh, podcasts to come. We will be back here, man. All right. That's Paul Velucas. This is better. We'll talk to you next time. Have a great week, guys.